Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here from Inside Yorkshire. Now today I have with me David Edwards, who is from Northern Walls, that's dry stone walling and landscapes, a a true craftsman, I would say, and a little bit of a dying art these days. Hello, David. Hello, Susan. (laughs) I know that you are a master waller um, and also that you, this is a a dry stone waller and also that you teach at Carlton Lodge Activity Centre, don't you? Yes, that's right. Uh, It's something that... uh, I certainly have been interested in for quite a number of years now and it just feel it's uh, the right thing to do to pass on this skill to not just young people but people of all ages and academic backgrounds. What I'm curious to ask really is is what got you started? Did you start because you also do the landscaping? Did you start as a landscaper or as a dry stone waller? What came first? It was the dry stone walling but the reason why I started dry stone walling is because when I first left school, I actually um, worked down the pits in West Yorkshire. And one of the ways of holding up the um, the roof of the pit was to build a dry stone wall, which is known as a pack hole. And that helps to take the pressure of the roof and stop the pressure on the supports. Uh, and that's how I first learned to dry stone wall. Down the pits, my goodness, that must have been quite challenging. What age were you then? I was 16 years old. And just to give some sort of insight into what it was really like when I worked in the old, what we refer to as the old pit, the coal seam was two foot six uh, in in thickness. So when you were shoveling the coal out, you had to do it laying on your tummy. That bit closed uh, and I went to the uh, Selby complex and and the coal seam there was 10 foot thick. So you can imagine just how much of a change that was. And we didn't need dry stone walls down there. No, I'm sure, but uh, I had no idea about that. Well done. <laughs> so how long were you down in the pits then? How long did you do that? I worked for the National Coal Board for eight years. But of course, in that eight years, we had a year out uh, because of the miners' strike. So I actually worked underground for about seven years. Right. And from there, you then came out into the fresh air. Did you start then with the dry stone walling? Yes. Uh, outside? Yeah, yes, I met up with a with a friend who had his own dressed on walling business, and I worked with him for about six months, and then um, moved on to work uh, on one of the local farms in the Wakefield area. I know, really, it's such a craft that is required in Yorkshire in particular because we have so many dry stone walls. I think probably the largest number in in the country, I would imagine, because it, we're quite famous for them, aren't we? Yes, yeah, certainly around here in Swaledale, you only have to look out of uh, the car window or, or, or your own house window to see uh, the patchwork of walls. There is an estimation of around about 8,000 uh, miles of dry stone wall within the National Park. It's quite a dying trade, isn't it? Unfortunately, not so many people coming up from the younger generation getting involved in it because it's quite a strenuous job, isn't it? It is a very strenuous job and it's a job that tends to be done in most weathers so obviously it's not for everybody's cup of tea uh, in this generation in this computerized generation Um, as far as the dying art is concerned there aren't as many dry stone wallers around now uh, as there were 
before the Second World War, but hopefully we're teaching via through Carlton Lodge and other other teaching schemes. We are getting a few people coming on board, but nothing like the the amount that we need. Would you consider taking on, I mean, I know you were obviously teaching at Carlton Lodge, but would you consider taking an apprentice on to pass on your expertise? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's uh, fundamental that uh, it's something that we should be doing. So, yes, I I would look to take on an Mm. apprentice uh, and pass on the skills that uh, I've picked up. And the only way I pick them up is by being taught by, you know, by the old boys when I was a young man. Well, that's it. You're learning by example, aren't you? That's right. It's the only way to learn when you're dressed on wall. The only way to learn is (laughs) is to get on with it and do it. Right. Now, you're a, a member of Yorkshire Drystone Walling Guild, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Um, the Yorkshire Drystone Walling Guild was set up about 20 years ago by a group of enthusiasts with the sole meaning to teach people how to dry stone wall, people who have a small holding uh, to be able to repair their own walls and also to bring together people uh, of like mind. Hmm. Just from what I've seen of it, it's a very... There's much more to it than actually just building a wall. It's quite complicated. It's uh, a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, I would imagine, trying to get it all to look neat and tidy because you're not using, because it's a dry stone wall, some people who are listening won't realise you're not cementing it in place. You're actually balancing the stones, aren't you? Yes, and this is one of the things that we tend to say to people. A dry stone wall is a jigsaw without a picture on the box, but... There are other things that work in the favour of the dry stone waller. The weight of the stones, the shape of the stones. And one of the good things is if you're, if you're teaching such at, the, at Carlton Lodge, young people, young teenagers or even younger, one of the things that we try to explain to them is it's not just an activity lesson, it's a science lesson because you need friction, you need gravity, you know, to get the stones to balance and to stick together. Yes, it's um, it's quite complicated, I know. And unfortunately, with some of the weather that we've had recently, myself included here, some people have had problems with their walls, haven't they? Yes, uh, one of the big problems is when you get a sustained period of wet weather, the rain getting into the walls and uh, taking away that friction that we just spoke about and lubricating the stones and then they slip and move and eventually the wall will collapse. Likewise, if we have a sustained period of cold weather and the water that gets into the wall freezes, the frost blows the wall apart and then we have big problems. Mm, Definitely. Now, I also know, I mean, some of your background here, when I was um, looking at your your webpage, I was interested to see that um, in the past you've been, well, I don't know if it's in the past, I don't know if you still do it, you were a drayman. Yes, that's right. When I came out of the pits, um, I went to work um, at Tetley's Brewery in uh, in Leeds and I worked with the Shire Horses, getting the Shire Horses ready for the local shows, like the Yorkshire Show, for example, and the Nidderdale Show and other country shows. They sadly went into retirement and I had to go out onto the wagons and I did I applied my trade on the North Yorkshire coast as a drayman. But unfortunately, like with all good, good jobs, they all do come to an end. And I was made redundant, which meant I, I had to um, rethink what I was going to do, retrain. I knew I could dry stone wall, but I needed something to back that up. And that's why I went back to college and learnt about horticulture. 
Right. So you do all aspects of gardening then, do you? Is it mainly landscaping or all types? Yes. We do all kinds of uh, of horticulture, of gardening, whether it's a garden makeover or whether you want us to uh, look after your garden because you're no longer capable of looking after your garden yourself, pruning your hedges, pruning your roses, cutting your grass, anything you might need, we can do it. I don't know how you have time to do it all, really. You work with other people as well that are involved with you. I know if you've a particularly um, challenging wall, you're obviously not going to do that on your own. From what you were telling me, you have um, other people that work with you. I am quite lucky. My brother-in-law, he comes out and helps me from time to time because he's now retired. By trade, he's a physiotherapist. But uh, it's, it's something that he enjoys and comes out and helps me. I also have another friend. He's a retired policeman and he comes out and helps me. And anything that's a bit tricky and I need more than one pair of hands, usually they can come out and uh, and help. You've got somebody you can call upon because some of these walls are not so low, are they? It must be challenging if you have a high wall. That's right. And uh, I'm not the tallest of people. So obviously, <laughs> if you ask somebody who is a bit taller, it does help. It can be handy, can't it? Yes. Yes. Now then, of interest as well, you were the senior landscape gardener for um, the National Trust at Fountains Abbey, I understand. How long were you there? That's right. Uh, I was at Fountains Abbey for 10 years. Prior to that, I worked on a private estate in the Massam area where I learnt my trade as a landscape gardener. And I was fortunate enough to pass the interview and become senior gardener at Fountains Abbey. What a wonderful place. What a wonderful view across the landscape, which taught me lots of other things like garden history, how to work in an ancient landscape. And it just helped me to to appreciate what we do now. Wonderful. Then were you were you living nearby or were you um, accommodated for that job? Yes, I lived in a tied cottage, which uh, is one of the reasons why I ended up leaving. The tied cottage uh, is in the entrance to the deer park, so it was a wonderful place to live. I looked out of my kitchen window and looked over Ripon Cathedral and out towards the White Horse of Kilburn. Through my living room window, I had a 500-acre garden in the shape of the deer park. Unfortunately, the tied cottage um, had to go with the job, and so therefore... I moved on. Right, yes. That's an interesting thing to have been involved in. Now then, I understand also that you do woodland management and landscape management. What's involved in that, David? Yes, the woodland management uh, is something that uh, I do on one of the local farms in Lower Nidderdale with a very interesting uh, character. And basically, he, 40 years ago, planted up quite a lot of his land Uh, with trees and they now need managing the old ones that are mature they're left to continue growing the younger ones that was planted some of them have failed so they need taking out some of them have twisted and got all different shapes and sizes so it's a matter of managing the the woodland so that the better species can produce and continue to improve the woodland what sort of trees? Um, I mean, obviously, it's not like the Forestry Commission where you've got straight lines and everything's the same. It's all um, local trees. Is that the sort of things that is planted there? To be truthful, this is one of the problems that you have. When you plant trees, it's so easy to just plant them in straight lines. And so then what you have to do after 15 years, 
is take out some of those, some of those that I've already said that are starting to show signs of failure. So therefore you start to get a breakup of the size and the shape of the woodland to make it a bit more natural. And the trees that were planted there, yes, there are some conifers and other spruces. These were put in as a nursery crop so that they grew quickly to protect the hardwood um, species such as the ash and the beech and the oak. Have you noticed much of a problem with the um, the ash dieback that's been a, bit, a problem throughout the country? Uh, yes, Calaria fraxidia. Ah, uh, <laughs> proper name. <laughs> is, is, is its proper name. Yes, um, there are signs that it is up here in the north and uh, unfortunately it is getting to become quite a problem. Mm, quite prolific really. It's a shame, isn't it? Because it does uh, have such a huge impact. Well, I'd just really like to uh, to say thank you very much, David, unless there's anything else. I'd, oh, I wanted to say um, just to give your website out for anyone that's interested in um, in actually contacting you or getting some more information. It's www.northernwalls.com, isn't it? So if anyone wanted to approach you either for gardening or walling, or even possibly um, someone interested in learning about dry stone walling, then would they contact you directly through the website or another means? Yes, uh, all the contact details are on the website, but um, of course there is my mobile phone number as well. I'll put that into the show notes. We won't mention it right now, but we can put that into the details so that anyone can reach you through that. And presumably your phone number is on the site too, is it? Yes, it is. It is, right. Well, thank you very much for talking and telling us about that. I had no idea that your background was quite as varied. I knew you'd done a few different things, but had no idea that you'd been down the mines too. (laughs) Yes, I am rather a colourful character. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Thank you very much, David. So this is Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire. 